Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m. And we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, we want to thank you for joining online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. At this time, we want to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Whatever it is. I want you to know that there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for God. There is nothing too hard for God. No, there is nothing too hard for God. Bless your name, Savior. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord God, for blessing us to gather together under this roof, in this place that has been designated, consecrated for this service. Thank you for each one that is present under the sound of my voice. Thank you, Lord God, for each one that will be tuning in to this broadcast. Those that are tuning in now, those that will be tuning in later. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for your kindness. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are about to do. Lord God, I pray and ask that you remember those that are sick in their body. Those, Lord God, that are, they have questions in their minds. Uh, there is some confusion, some un lack of understanding. Lord Jesus, you know us, you know our frame, you know our makeup, you know the thoughts that go on in our heads, you know the different things that we deal with. But Lord, I, I bless you because you are a comforter and you're a comforter to each of us that believe upon you. Lord, you said that, it, that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. And so, Lord, we are seeking you this morning for your guidance. We're seeking you, Lord God, on behalf of those that are sick, bedridden, those, Lord God, that are that have questions that only you can answer if you choose. Lord, we pray that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would help. Help, Lord God. Send your help in the sanctuary. Send your help to those that are unable to make it because of work schedules because of sickness, because they are confined and cannot leave. Lord Jesus, bless them. Those that have the ability to travel a few blocks, a few miles, 
to be in service, Lord God, and don't. Lord Jesus, I ask that you remember them. You understand and you know, Lord God, what they've heard. You know and understand the, the, the teaching that has corrupted the mind of many that they should not gather in your sanctuary, but that the church is wherever they are. And that is not your word. I pray and ask that you would bless their thoughts. I pray against false teachings, false doctrines. I pray against lies that are being spread, Lord God, that is turning the hearts of men from seeking you. That is leaving people to walk in their own ways, not understanding that the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Lord Jesus, there are deceived, deception. Lord God, Decepticons are at work. But Lord, I thank you for your truth. You said if we know the truth, it will set us free. Lord, I pray and ask that you would bless uh, the truth to go forward from the mouths of your servants this morning, from the mouths of your servants this afternoon and this evening. Bless your truth to go forward, not opinions, but your word. Lord God, you said your word is like a hammer. Lord God, and so we look for you to build. We look for you, Lord God, to establish. We look for you, Lord God, to Lord God, to pave the way using your word for soul salvation. Lord, we know that you are yet a soon coming king. Lord Jesus, and it is just by your grace, it is by your mercy that you have not called the church home. Lord, thank you. Thank you for an opportunity. Help us to seize this moment. Lord God, to minister to others. Lord Jesus, to sound the trumpet, to let them know that you are yet on your way, but yet grace and mercy is here for this moment. Lord, thank you. Lord, bless the children, the teens, the young adults, the elders, Lord God. Lord, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, carry us further into the service. Help us to magnify you, Lord God. Lift you up above all things. Lord, thank you, Lord God. We'll be careful to give your name to praise. We'll be careful to give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Master. Lord Jesus, as we go forward, Lord God, I ask that you would bless the reading of your word, the hearers thereof. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We're going to have our opening scripture right after this song from the C.H. Mason Choir. And so right after this, we'll have our opening scripture. Again, this is the C.H. Mason Choir singing, I'll say yes unto my Lord. Oh, 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 oh. 
know this song, you should be singing it with all your heart. We don't whisper in this church. say yes to my Lord. I hope your soul is saying yes to the Lord this morning. That's what he wants to hear. He wants to hear a yes from his servants. You know, that includes those that, that don't feel they're his servant either. I want you to understand something that when God calls you and he already knows everything there is about you, just remember that he knows. He knows you. He knows the good, the bad and the ugly. He knows it all. He knows it all. Thank God that he does. Thank God that he does. Don't share with nobody. You don't have to share with everybody. But thank God that he does and he knows just what to do with it. There's, you know, the ocean is a is a vast majority of the earth. And I'll stop right there. Opening scripture. Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Hallelujah. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and ah, be blessed. Hey, glory. Bless you, Lord. Magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. And exalt his name. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord added to the church daily such as should be saved may the lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word 
Thank you, Jesus. We're going to, I want to direct your attention to the book of Mark. Mark. That is the book of Mark using your device, whether you have a tablet or paperback, you know, or uh, whatever you're using to, to follow along with us. But the book of Mark, and we're going to go into the book of Mark right after uh, this particular uh, praise. This particular praise says Jesus said, and it's by Eddie James. You know, we were we were having a discussion this morning uh, prior to service. We're here early to set up for service and to make sure things are correct in the sanctuary before service and we also discuss and talk about different things uh, while we're at it you know besides how we uh, how our week went you know just sharing the moment in fellowship and um you know and there, there's so much that that i could say but you know this particular song it says jesus said it now and and we were laughing about how when we growing up how we heard the mothers and, and the church sing this song, you know, compared to how it is being sung today. So let's enjoy this. Not, And I, when I say enjoy it, I don't mean sit there and listen to it. I mean be involved with it, you know, because praise is what we do. Praise is what we do. And so this is by Eddie James, and then we're going to go into the word of God. Yeah. <laughs> 
Almighty God. Again, that was Jesus said it by Eddie James. <laughs> oh my God, bless you, Lord. We go out into the Word of God, you know, this morning. We're just enjoying the goodness of God because He is so good. He's been good to us. Now, I don't know what you may have been through this week. I don't know what you even may have heard. You know, sometimes we can uh, hear some very discouraging things. And so that's why I say that, you know, I don't know what you've heard, but I do know what you're going to hear this morning and it will make a difference. It's a game changer. It's a game changer, whether you're at college, uh, maybe you're living on campus or at home or at work, you know, wherever you are, know that God makes the difference. He makes the difference. No one else. No one else makes a difference. Don't don't be hoodwinked. Don't be fooled. Don't be baboozled. Whatever vernacular that you can come up with to express not being tricked. Don't let it happen. Uh, God is the one in control. You know, and so in the book of Mark, in the book of Mark, We're going to the first chapter, first chapter of Mark, familiar passage of scripture. I love the word of God because it is inexhaustible. We're going to start at the first verse and I'm going to begin reading there. It says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the son of God. As it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed in camel hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins and did eat locusts and wild honey. And preached, saying, there cometh one mightier than I after me. The latches of whose uh, shoes I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Mighty God, bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not worthy to unlatch his shoes. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to stoop down and do that. I indeed have baptized you 
with water. I baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So let's read this again. This is the, again, the first chapter of Mark. Beginning at the first verse, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. As it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Bible students, John preached a dynamic message. Ministers, he preached a dynamic message, the baptism of repentance for remission of sin. Where did he get his text from? The fifth verse says, and there went out unto him all the land of Judea. And they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Thank you, Savior. And John was clothed with camel hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins. And he ate locusts and wild honey. My my son went to Vietnam to visit and he sent back a picture because we always joke and talk about uh, the coming of the Lord and and what it might be like. And we talked to we love talking about John being clothed and uh, and his um, <laughs> and the camel hair coat and, you know, and eating locusts and wild honey. I got lost going to bake going up north one time and got off that highway looking for a gas station. And I was in a lot of farmland and I called him to help me out with some direction. He said and he reminded me and told me to make sure I stop at the store and get some locusts and wild honey. John preached, saying, there cometh one mightier than I after me. The latches of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose, unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And at our topic this morning, I just want to express and exhort is that he is greater than you and I. He's greater than you and I. You, you ought to text that to someone. I'm not anti-text messaging. I am anti-spending time in social media while you in service. But sometimes you need to let people know that he is greater than you and I. Let them know your problem is not so great that God can't handle it. The situation is not so drastic and so blown up that it cannot be handled. There's somebody that has bigger hands than you and I. And so God, he is greater than you and I. Bless your Lord Jesus, mighty God. So you ought to text somebody and tell them, go ahead, use your phone at this moment. Tell somebody, that he is. God is greater than you and I. The Gospel of Mark is considered by some theologians to be the first of the synoptic Gospels 
Others think it to be the second. Some say, well, others, Matthew and, and Luke and all them. Well, Luke, being the historian that he was, he went and he talked to eyewitnesses. He spoke to people and he and he put together the gospel. I love reading. I love uh, being in the book of Luke. He is one of my favorite uh, authors when it comes to the gospel and how he stuck with uh, Paul. Uh, ministers need someone to stick with them and to be there. You know, God sent me a help uh, in the church that is there. And I'm so appreciative that whenever I call, they're willing to be there and I make sure not to wear them down. But they're there uh, anytime I need help or just to be out doing some work for the Lord. Uh, Luke was like that. Luke was with Paul and whatever instructions Paul gave Luke, in the course of the ministry, Luke carried it out. Luke uh, took specific notes. And so, um, and so, you know, as we look at what Luke has to say uh, about John, uh, this historian, he says that, um, that there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God. Hmm. And you hear people today saying that you can't be righteous, and you can't be perfect before the Lord. You know, nobody's perfect. Well, first off, you don't have to tell nobody that. I think we all know where we are. But we can become whatever God has asked us to be. It's work. It's a process because we were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. But we also overcome sin and we overcome iniquity. The Bible said that they walked in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. So they understood. They got a good understanding. That's what we're talking about this morning is having an understanding of what God is saying in his word. It's one thing to quote the scripture, but do you understand what's being said? The Bible said they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they brought and they both were now well stricken in years. They've aged. They were both righteous before God. They walked in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord. They were blameless. You wasn't going to find no fault in them when it came down to the word of God. When it came down to handling business, you know, you can't you, you you're not going to say that you're, you're you're all of that in the church and don't handle business correctly either. It don't work like that. You don't write. You know, I don't know how many people write checks today, but I'll use this as an illustration. You don't write a check knowing that you don't have uh, $10 in the bank and you're going to write a $10 check and, and give it to someone or put it in an offering or something like that and say that you're going to have faith that you're going to have $10 tomorrow. No, you don't write that check. You wait until you get the $10 and then you bring it and pay whatever or give it, you know, because if it don't, there's no money there. So you are actually writing out a lie. You're writing out a lie. And so I know that people don't write checks today, plastic. Uh, 
embedded chips, go to Sweden, uh, go to Hong Kong there, you know, use your palm print and, you know, and so you don't have to have it. And if the money's there, it's there. If it's not there, you, you're going to walk away empty handed. As a matter of fact, some places you won't even try it. In Dubai, Dubai is very strict. You will be arrested immediately for uh, playing the games that people play in America and other places. They had no child. Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now stricken in years. Now, the Bible doesn't cover, uh, doesn't cover up our embarrassments. There's some things that we find embarrassing. And so Zacharias and Elizabeth felt some kind of way about the fact that they did not have a child. And maybe you feel some kind of way about your situation that you're in. It's not a situation because you sinned. It's not a situation because you've done something wrong or because you're not doing what is right. It's just that it has not happened. And so you feel some kind of way. I, I think you, someone knows what I'm talking about. I, I have felt some kind of way when I look at certain situations, knowing that I've crossed the T's and I've dotted the I's. But yet I did not get the result that I was looking for. It doesn't mean that God was not with me, that God was not working on my behalf. But like uh, Elizabeth uh, was there was no there was no fruit of that particular labor. And, and so they labored When they was young, but now they're older. The Bible said that they're stricken in years. The Bible doesn't cover up those embarrassments. It doesn't cover up situation. It doesn't cover up our actions or reactions to see uh, or to hear or what we're seeing and what we're hearing or what we are tasting. Now, Luke goes on to say, but the angel of the uh, the angel said unto him. Now, there's a conversation going on because he's in the temple. Zechariah is there to carry out his priestly duties. And he's told not to fear. He said, thy prayers is heard. God heard your prayers. Now, we might want to say, well, it's been a while. God heard your prayers. God heard your prayers. And my wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son. And you're going to call his name John. And he's going to bring you great joy. He's going to bring you gladness. And I, I didn't. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, I was born to to Albert Henderson, to Diane Henderson. And over the years, I cannot say that I brought them great joy. Not until I matured. I might have been a bundle of joy when I was born. But, you know, when we look back at our lives, how many of our parents, I'm, I'm a very transparent person when it comes to talking about God because he did something for me. And so how many of our parents can look back and say, man, you was a mess. And we were, we were. I, I recall my mother laying in bed sobbing. She worked hard to raise a family, a single parent raising four knuckleheads. We were all knuckleheads. And but she loved us and she did much more for us than what she really needed to do. And I, she's not here for me to tell her that, but that is deep within my heart. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But I realized also 
And so John would bring them joy. And eventually I brought her joy. And she got saved, sanctified, and, and was rejoicing in the Lord before her demise because she saw what God had done in my life and followed me to church. So there was joy at the end of all of that. There was an enjoyment. John would bring them some joy. The Bible said that uh, he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. And some of you may think little of yourselves and think that, well, I'll never be like John. No, John was just a, a, a John was an example. And you will, because the Bible tells us that greater works that we'll do. Now, I don't want to go ahead of myself, but I, I want you to know uh, that God does not look down upon you. And so the Bible said that he would be great in the sight of the Lord and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. Well, I can't put that on my list of not doing. And some of you cannot either. Thank God that we don't live in glass houses and we don't throw stones. God has delivered us. John didn't drink wine or strong drink. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't say that he felt the spirit of God move upon him. I didn't say that. I said he was filled with the Holy Ghost. The scripture says he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb. And many of the children shall he turn to the Lord. And he shall go before him in the spirit of the power. Of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers of the children and the disobedient to the wisdom, uh, disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people for the Lord. Now, John's father, Zachariah, had been praying, hoping for a child. So bear with me and my father here. He was hoping and looking for a child. And I believe that he wanted a son. Now, I said, bear with me in my imagination. OK. I believe that he wanted a son, someone that looked like him, someone that he could talk to about being him, someone that mirrored himself, someone that that as when you look at him, you know, when, when you look at us, we all have a particular, we have distinguishing things about us. We, we walk a certain way, you know, and we look a certain way. And uh, I was, uh, someone was making fun of, of me and they say, you know, when you turn, if I turn all of you Hendersons around, if I turn all you Vines around, you know, you all got the same head shape, you know, and so... <laughs> You know, there are distinguishing marks about us. There's distinguishing marks about your child. You look at your child and your child looks like you and you see it. I told my uh, young man wanted to marry my daughter and joke. I told him, I said, well, you know, you you want to marry my daughter. I said, you you think she's really you think she's fine. huh? You think she look good. And I said, you know, she looked like me. And I said, so when you kiss her, say, you know, she's my image, you know, and he just that just he, he fell all over the ground laughing at that. So your child carries your DNA. They look like you and that's what you want. 
If your child is born, someone brings a baby to you and say, hey, this is your son and your daughter and they don't look like you. Well, let's go. There. Let's go on to the word of God. Listen. So he wanted someone to mirror him. And you see, you see that within your children, your daughters, your sons, and even to the point of talking the same. I was talking with my my brother um, and uh, his daughter. His daughters uh, tapped the shoulder of her little brother and said, listen to them. Their speech is the same. Their speech, they sound just alike when they talk. And so they're distinguishing. And this is what John was looking for. This is what John was looking for. Now, if you've been following and walking with us in the uh, in the book of Genesis, this desire should seem or sound familiar to you in the first chapter of Genesis. In the second chapter, it should sound familiar to you. From Genesis 11 through 17. The Bible says the angel said to Zacharias, your prayers heard. Wife Elizabeth is going to have a son. You're going to call his name John. And he's going to bring about some happiness. And. Many are going to be glad when he's born. Others are going to rejoice. Now, you know what? Elizabeth talked about this a little bit. She touched on this about the Lord removing her, the reproach that was against her. You know, because people felt in that day and time that if you didn't have a child, that you must have offended God. You must have done something wrong. You know, people judge you by what they see, not because of what they know. But just based upon hearsay or based upon cliches, based upon a lot of foolishness. And they're wrong. Now, I'm not talking about that statement of don't judge me. That's some stupid. That's some stupid stuff, too, because, you know, people use that not understanding what they're saying. The word of God judges all of us. So judgment has already been passed. And if you didn't know that, read your Bible. Judgment has already been passed. That's why the Bible said, and the books were opened. The books weren't just written. The books are already existing. And we're adding to them. We're adding because those that often, those that feared the Lord often spake one to another. And a book of remembrance is written. So for some of us, we're still writing in the book because we fear the Lord. And we're still talking about him to one another. So there's a book of remembrance. There's a history book about the conversation that, that went on even this morning. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. Bless your name, Jesus. Hey, Lord, my God. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Huh. Thank you, Lord. Mighty God. Mighty God. So now they overcome. She's overcome this reproach and others will be glad. And the Lord talks about his character and he shall and he's going to be filled with. This is not a good feeling. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. An assumption that that is actually that is made by many that I feel good. And so that's the spirit of the Lord. And no. A good feeling is not the spirit of the Lord dwelling in you. 
The Bible said that John, this babe, leaped in Elizabeth, and she was also filled with the Holy Ghost. At that moment, she didn't spin in circles and say, I feel good, good, good. I feel good down in my... No, there was a demonstrative event that occurred. It wasn't a good feeling. Uh, uh, you know, she didn't get... Listen, it was demonstrative. Every place you read in the Bible where the Holy Ghost fell... There was demonstrative and others saw it. There were witnesses after the day on the day of Pentecost. There was witnesses in the house of Cornelius. There were witnesses when Paul laid hands upon and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And each time we find that it was followed through with baptism for remission of sin. Being led by the spirit of God is different than being filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible said his goodness leads us to repentance. That is not being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's leading you to the position that you need to be in for you to receive the Holy Ghost. Being used by God is different from being filled. God could use you. God used uh, use people that I know that were not saved. Matter of fact, one said, I'm not saved. And God used him to bless me. And in our conversation, he found out. But understand something. Being used doesn't mean that you feel with the Holy Ghost. God could use whoever he wanted used. He used an ass to stop Baal from trying to curse the children of God. He used a, a rooster to prove a point to Peter. And there are other instances. And many of the children of it, they're going to be turned. They're going to turn to God. And the spirit, he's going to walk in the spirit and the power of Elijah. It didn't say that he was him, but he walked in a common place. The same spirit, the same characteristics of Elijah was John. And he influenced others. Mark confirms the beginning of something great. And he speaks of someone greater than you and I. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, the 40th chapter. It says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her welfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she had received of the Lord hand double for all her sin. The voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a way for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain shall be filled. Low place, high, crooked, straight, rough, plain. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. His glory shall be revealed. Hallelujah. His glory is even being revealed in this moment. John's assignment was to comfort, not to preach. And every message is not a hellfire and brimstone message. God did not send John with that type of message, but he said, comfort my people. 
Let them know their sins have been pardoned. And he tells this to Elias, to, uh, to Isaiah. But the message of John mirrored it. John's assignment was to comfort the people, to provide relief, an act of kindness, favor. Tell the people, let them know their sins are forgiven. That's the purpose of talking about repentance, talking about change, talking about remission of sin is so that you know there is a way out of the mess that you find yourself in. Let them know the adulteries are forgiven. Let them know the idol worship is forgiven. Let them know the secret and shameful things are forgiven. Let them know the hatred and hostility is forgiven. Let them know. Like you and I, uh, reasoning was marred. There was a feeling of hopelessness. Their, their thinking was saying, why? How? Why not? No one cares. You know, when we get into a state, a certain mindset, a certain way of thinking, we continue in sin. Don't nobody care. When we feel hopeless, we fire it up again. We feel hopeless, we turn it up again. We feel hopeless, we lay down. We bend up. We feel hopeless, we continue in sin because of the hopelessness and we are trying to apply some type of self-sedating remedy. Even if it's painful. The heart of John's ministry was, was the preparation for something greater. Are you ready for greater? Do you really want what is greater? What is greater than you and I? John baptized, contrary to what some believe, some believe baptism is not essential for today. But John baptized in the wilderness. They baptized when they walked through the Red Sea. As many that passed through the Red Sea was baptized. Baptism is not new and it's not antiquated. It's still baptism for today. If you've not been baptized for remission of sin, the Bible is clear about what baptism is for, remission of sin. Listen, John preached an effective message of baptism, of repentance. The Bible said that that, that all Judea and Jerusalem came to where he was to be baptized. They got the word. Did you, are you receiving the word? The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter emphasized this, which was taught by John and Jesus regarding repentance and remission of sin. Luke 24. Then opened he their understanding. I wish and I'm doing my best right now to open. My prayer is to open your understanding right now. He opened their understanding. Jesus was with us and he opened the disciples understanding that they might understand the scriptures. 
and said unto them, thus it is written. It's written. You, you're not going to escape this. It's written. And thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Now, God corrected Jesus. Peter, when Peter rebelled and was like, well, you know, his prejudice showed up. He was corrected. Every instance that there was when they went started to veer, they were corrected. And here we are. People say, well, they they were Jesus said because it's written in red to baptize in the in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost. I, I've read, seen Bibles where the entire Bible is printed in black text. White pages, black text. But you have to understand what the word of God is saying. They understood the name of the Father. Jesus, I come in my father's name. They understood the name of the Holy Ghost. If you call, you have to call for the Holy Ghost in his name. And they understood the name of the son, Jesus. Now, and I've asked this question and I'm going to ask it right now before as we go on. But who was Jesus father? Who was his father? Go into scripture and find his father. Listen. Acts. 2 and 38, then Peter said unto them, repent ye, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. I'm pointing out that baptism is for remission of sin and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mark 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. I'm running out of time. Now, the best of to the best of Mark's ability, he presents the beginning of good news. My prayer is that ye. Receive the message today that you receive the message to others and share with them that this is good news. As it is written in the prophets, is written in the scriptures. I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. I send the messenger and I send the message. John did not come empty handed. He had a message. And that message was divinely appointed. Like John, like John, like Jeremiah and like you. Called by God before birth. Jeremiah one and five, I knew you before you was forming your mother. So God knew John, God knew you, too. And he called you. Divinely appointed for greatness. And you're divinely appointed for greatness by someone greater than your mother, someone greater than your father, someone greater than your mentor. This is the purpose of the ministry. The Bible said, uh, uh, for the purpose of God's greatness, I'm paraphrasing. I'm putting the, those words there, uh, but you can go to Ephesians 4 and 11 and the 12 and read it for yourself. But I'm saying for the purpose of God's greatness, he gave some apostles and some prophets 
and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, so that you will become greater, so that you will know that there is someone greater. See, the greatness that we get is not because we have trained so much. It's not because we have sacrificed so much, but it's because of the one who has made the sacrifice of bringing many sons to glory. He suffered to bring many sons to glory. Now are ye the sons of God. It does not yet appear what you shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Greatness, all because of someone greater than you and I. Someone greater than than the than the apostles, someone greater uh, than the than the, the prophets, someone greater than the evangelists, someone greater than the pastors and teachers, someone greater than all of us. We're tools for the for the perfecting of the saints for that greatness. We're just tools. We're just being used by God to help you on the journey. That's that's our purpose. That's what we're here for. So we all come to the statue, the measure of the man, Christ Jesus, who is who is greater than you and I. Solomon was known for his wisdom. But when Jesus came, he said, someone greater than Solomon is here. Mighty God. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John baptized in the wilderness and he preached the baptism of repentance for remission of sin. And people went out to hear him from all over the place. And they were baptized. They wanted to. You ought to. Oh, bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You ought to want to take part in the remission of sin. You ought to want to take take part in that. There's an opportunity. If someone said that, they, you know, they this is this is Dunkin' Donut Day. So people going to show up at Dunkin' Donut and get a couple of donuts. Uh, this is free French fry day at McDonald's. So they're going to go to McDonald's and get some French fries. This is uh, you're going to get a, a grimace milkshake if you show up today. And so people go there. Well, if you if you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, you have already pardoned my sins. And just like when I wash my clothes, I want my I, I want to go down in your name. And have my sins remitted. You ought to take opportunity for that today. Today. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a hand wave. Give him some praise. Thank you, Lord God, for remission of sin. You ought to give him a remission of sin. Praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for remission of sin. Thank you, Lord. Listen, Peter was up speaking and Peter told them in Acts 3 and 19, he said, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. That your sins may be blotted out. We all want uh, people get up and he's the God of first. He's the God of second. He's the God of third and fourth and fifth. He said, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. You ought to repent. It don't mean that, that we take advantage of all these all these chances. You you have a credit card. Don't run it up to and max it out. And then you can't pay. No, don't do that. Repent of it and don't. Uh-uh. Let's keep it simple. Repent of the sin 
that it be blotted out. I, I don't want to, and you shouldn't want to spend time on the altar asking God to forgive you over and over again for sleeping with somebody, spending uh, and, and, and lying and, and cheating and all the other stuff that you can think of that you think is so, that you know should not be done. Thank you, Lord. Oh, bless your name, Savior. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. This is what John is dealing with. He's talking about the Lord is coming. Uh, prepare ye the way. Prepare the way. Get ready. Get ready. Now, getting ready doesn't mean because the rapture did not take place, that the catching up of the church did not catch, take place. He didn't establish his kingdom the way that they thought they would and overthrow the Roman Empire in that day. But you ought to make ready. Someone said that preparation precedes the blessing. Prepare your heart, prepare your house, prepare your soul, prepare your family. And when I say prepare your family, I'm not saying twist their arm and, and make them do. But you know how to set the house in order. You, you know how to do some things. Uh, you know how to set the example. See, by setting the example, you set a precedence. And it's easy when you set a precedence. It's easy when you set the standard, when you, you know, be the example. Be the example. You don't have to be anything else. Be the example. Be the example. That's all. That's how we do it. Be the example. Have some tenacity about your lifestyle with the Lord. Now that you've repented, now that you've asked God forgiveness, now that you've had uh, you've been baptized for remission of sin. Stay with it. Listen. Baptism is for remission of sin for as many. Now, here is something that's very important. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to about to sit down here. Is that the Bible says in Galatians 3 and 27, as many as have been baptized in Christ have put him on baptism. You put Christ on when when the Holy Ghost. When you feel with the Holy Ghost, he puts you on. And that is scripture. That's scripture. That's the word of God. Both. Because I said two things. I said when you're baptized, you uh, you put on Christ. But I also said that when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he puts you on. Now, that's two different scriptures. You find the other one on your time. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized in Christ were baptized unto his death. So that's how we come walking up in the newness of life. The Bible said, can any man forbid water if he should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Now, confession, because remember, John preached uh, remission of sin and confession. And, and, and so in this process, bless your Lord Jesus, in this process, confession, our confession of sins. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. And this is John talking to everyone in the world. It does not eliminate baptism of remission of sin. And this is this is John, the first chapter. We're only talking about Mark. We're talking about John in the first chapter of Mark. And we only went through a couple of verses there. The Bible says in that sixth 
verse, John was clothed with camel hair and a girl skin about his loins and did eat locusts. Now locusts are full of protein, according to the Encyclopedia of Science, protein and wild honey, uh, uh, antioxidants and fights against cholesterol. You know, some of us after, you know, we had that gospel, we, we sit and we eat the gospel and then we're going to have a gospel bird sandwich, you know, fried chicken and all that kind of, we need to cut some cholesterol. We need to cut some cholesterol. The seventh verse, I'm closing. And he preached saying, there cometh one mightier than I after me. You might think your pastor, whatever title they hold, bishop, archbishop, senior bishop, junior bishop, senior pastor, junior pastor, you know, minister, evangelist, prophet, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm not disrespecting the gift that God, God has established. I'm just saying that there comes one mightier than me. There's one greater than me. Every pastor, every minister, every bishop, every whatever the title is should be pointing you to Christ. No one else. Don't don't point no one to Mary. Mary died. Don't point no one to 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 Peter. Peter died. No, don't point no one to John. Uh, to to no, they died. Jesus is the only one that died and rose again for our sins. That's why he said, whatever you ask in my name. And it has to line up with his will. People ask a lot of things in his name, but it doesn't line up with his will. Let me go on. Greatness on our part requires all type of effort. But with God, all things are possible. Your soul salvation is the number one thing. Nothing else matters more than your soul salvation. Nothing else. We learn and practice a skill for employment. You can't learn and practice God's forgiveness as a gift. Healing is a gift. Deliverance is a gift. It has nothing to do with your goodness. It has to do with his goodness that leads us to repentance. John's wilderness ministry, that's what I like calling his wilderness ministry, his message, and you can go back and search yourself, but I'm saying that his message was to comfort the people. He talked about sin, but it was in such a way that it it the people wanted change. The people were looking for change. The people were ready for change. I'm not talking about a political change, but your life change. Are you ready for change? Can you be comforted with these words? The Lord says, speak comfortably to Jerusalem. Cry unto her that her welfare is accomplished and her iniquity is pardoned. Your sins, your sins, the thing that you think, believe, because someone else said that and, and held it against you. God, I'm telling you this morning, God's not holding it against you. and You have to let it go. You have to let it go. You have to prove it to nobody that you let it go. You don't have to tell nobody you let it go. They can see it in your life that you let it go. They can see the anger. They can see the hostility. They can see the, the, the type of person that you was and, that, and what you have become because you let it go. Repentance, change. John preached saying there comes one mightier than me. We can walk with this assurance. We can walk in greater expectations today. Will you walk 
with this insurance today? Will you walk with the greater expectations, knowing that God has forgiven you of sin? Knowing that the Lord has already pardoned you, it was it was nailed on the cross. I just want to remind you that greater is here. Someone greater than you and I. We carry the load and we try to carry the burden of those things and it can eat us up. It can make us feel so bad until we feel unworthy. But you're worthy. He made you worthy. He made you worthy. Even when you said, I'm going to stop right now, and then you went on and did it again, and the next week, and you did it again, and you did it again. He knows that we create a pattern in our flesh. And when we say within our spirit that we're going to stop, our flesh flares up. But he's greater than you and I, and he knows how to deal with the flesh. Let God deal with you. Let him deal with your flesh. Let him deal with your spirit. You know the saying that where the head goes, the body will follow. After a while, things get become easier. You're not tempted like you used to be. The devil can't use it against you because he knows it's not going to work. Your flesh, after a while, stop trying to run the show. Because the show is being run by the spirit of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord God, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace. Ask that you would bless each one that have tuned in and so patiently listened to your word, Lord God and Lord Jesus. And I ask that you would bless each one that, Lord God, you know their names. You know, Lord God, each one. You understand the dynamic of our makeup. There's nothing hid from you. There's nothing in secret. As embarrassing as it might be to us. Lord, thank you. Because you don't look at us and feel ashamed of us. But you came in greatness for the remission of our sins. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. And I pray and ask that you would just bless your people, Lord God, each one that have that have taken the time in and set, listen, that you would bless them, Lord God, bless their walk with you to, to walk in the assurance and expectations. Lord God, we thank you. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, be blessed. Know that God loves you. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you in Jesus name. Lord, say the same. Join in with us on Wednesday at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. So we're in the book of Genesis. The Lord, as long as the Lord say the same, we'll be dealing with uh, what else he has to say as we go into the word of God. Be blessed. Enjoy your day, evening, night. Amen. Now, may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost. 